Ascenta Insights. I'm your host, Nande Felding, a senior partner at Ascenta Partners, an executive search firm in London, where I run the global consumer and brand practice. The pandemic has inspired us to take a fresh approach to our business and leverage one of our greatest assets, our global network of executives. We have launched this Ascenta Insights series to answer specific questions across many business critical topics. In collaboration with Johanna at Krischer Co., a tech entrepreneur and strategic management consultant, I'll be joined by a guest speaker in each episode. These subject matter experts are happy to share their knowledge with you, our global audience. Last week, Christoph Homan shared his views on how to make a digital transformation successful. The accelerated shift to online consumption is definitely one of the most discussed consequences of COVID-19. So what does this mean for retail? Is retail dead? And will we see more and more retailers and brands going bankrupt? No, not if they dare to innovate, to reinvent themselves and put the customer at the heart of their strategies. Today, we are listening to Eric Johnson, a senior executive with 20 plus years of experience leading digital and technology teams in solving problems and bringing value to many of the world's largest and most innovative retail brands. It is Nike, Adidas, and VF Corp. He will discuss his views regarding the post-COVID retail world. What does it take to compete in the current state of business? Eric will talk about digital acceleration, omnichannel capabilities, the need for agility, talent, and perhaps most importantly, the emphasis on leveraging data and technology to create the right experience for customers. We hope you enjoy this insightful session. And Eric, over to you. Thanks for the introduction, Nanda. And thanks for the opportunity to speak with you today. So let me start by saying that I've spent the last 23 years in retail and have seen an incredible amount of change over that time. However, as I'm sure is the case for many of you, nothing has disrupted our industry like the things that have happened this year. So in our most recent podcast, you heard us discuss building a culture of fail fast. And you heard about what it takes to make a digital transformation successful. Building upon that, today I'm going to talk about omni-channel in a post-COVID world. And I do believe that one day we will be in a post-COVID world. So being successful in today's retail will require a number of things, from process and culture to technology, of course talent, and a laser focus on your customer. Before we jump into future state, let's ground ourselves a bit in current state. As many retailers have seen, there's been a significant shift online. With stores closing, with customers hesitant to go into stores, many have opted to shift their shopping purely online. For those who have a strong online business, this shift has helped them to weather the storm. In addition to the shift online, many shoppers have looked for other alternatives to find what they need. Those retailers who've been able to meet those needs have not only been able to survive, but in many cases thrive. Disruption like we've seen can create new business models and opportunities to leapfrog the competition. What else are we seeing happen? Well, we've seen stores close, we've seen retailers go out of business, 
We've seen many shoppers pull back on their spending as well. But interestingly enough, we've also seen many shoppers still willing to spend in ways that they had been pre-COVID. It's very challenging out there, however, and by most accounts, we will be in this space for quite some time. But as we begin to think about what future state looks like, there are some critical things that you must do not only to survive, but to be successful. As I talk about future state, I'll touch on a number of things like digital acceleration, omni-channel capabilities, the need for agility, leveraging data and technology, how to make sure that you've got the right talent to compete, and how to make sure that the experiences that you're creating for your customer will attract them and keep them. So let's jump in. I know you've heard a great deal about digital transformation, but acceleration, especially as it pertains to retail, requires some foundational fundamental pieces to be in place. First, because of the shift online that we've seen, technology platforms that are unable to handle the additional volumes and perform under load will drive your customers to other platforms and other competitors. Earlier, I mentioned data as well. Using data to gain a deeper understanding of your customer, to know who your customer is, what their likes and dislikes are, where and when and how they like to shop, will give you the ability to deliver an experience for them that they're looking for, that they're demanding. So what does that experience need to look like? Well, it certainly needs to be easy and seamless. Understanding that one of the basic requirements customers have is to be able to find what they're looking for quickly and easily is critical. Seamless as well, meaning once they've found what they're looking for, completing a purchase is easy to do on their terms, on the platform they want to use with the device and payment types they want, and in a manner that requires as little effort as possible to accomplish what they're trying to do. In addition, retailers who are able to tailor that experience to their customer are winning. What does that mean? Well, the idea of a personalized premium experience is something that customers of today require. Personalized, meaning tailored to what they're looking for, when they're looking for it, how they're looking for it, and where they're looking for it. Retailers who can market to their customers, who can reach their customers in an individual, one-on-one way, will be the ones that customers choose to shop with in the future. Retailers who can interact with their customer based on what they know of them and can present products and experiences that their customers want are going to be the ones that shoppers gravitate to. Additionally, this shift to digital is going to require retailers to think end-to-end, not just on the front-end experience. Yes, the customer interaction is extremely important, but so are things like your supply chain. End-to-end visibility of inventory for your customer, speed of delivery, transparency across your entire supply chain are all things that successful retailers are accomplishing. It's beyond one- to two-day delivery. That's table stakes today. Retailers will need to get creative with the way that they're exposing inventory, but also with the way that they're sharing what's happening in their supply chain and the way that they're delivering product to their customer. Many retailers are looking for more opportunities to do things like shift product out of their stores, to make that stale inventory that's sitting in stores productive by fulfilling online orders. With in-store traffic low, you likely have the capacity to make that store a point of fulfillment, either to ship product to a customer 
or bring product to those who want to through things like curbside delivery. So with the focus shifting online, it'll be interesting to see how businesses adapt. I do believe that stores will still play a role, but that role will be very different. It's become very different. Retailers who are able to adjust and adapt will still be able to attract that customer who chooses to shop in-store. Some new things that that in-store customer is expecting are things like self-product discovery, even self-checkout. For those that don't opt for self-checkout, retailers need to make sure that they're providing a clean and safe checkout experience. Customers are expecting that anything that they have to touch, payment terminals, fitting rooms, products on hangers, etc., is cleaned on a regular basis. Retailers who are doing this well are also messaging what they're doing to provide the customer some reassurance that their safety is valued and important. Some other things that you're seeing in store. Well, some retailers are opting to close down their fitting rooms and provide virtual or digital try-on experiences. In cases like this, convenient returns obviously are essential. But at the end of the day, convenience as well as safety are important in enhancing the overall experience. Just a few other things that are interesting that are happening. Malls are trying to figure out how to survive. They're exploring ways of how they can become fulfillment centers or mini distribution centers for retailers to act as a hub for local delivery, where retailers can leverage mall services to provide the last mile of delivery. In any case, I think the great thing about a lot of this disruption that we're seeing is that it's forcing retailers to reinvent themselves and think about how they can leverage the capabilities that they have in place, but redefine the way that they serve their customer. Beyond the things that you have to build, there's the how, the way that you need to operate. I've heard the term agility used a lot, and it's relevant. However, sometimes it can be confusing. Agility means moving fast, but it also means focusing on the problem that you're trying to solve. In this case, focusing on your customer. It also means being okay with failure, learning from it, and adjusting for the next time. With so much uncertainty out there, with so much being thrown at us, you have to be able to learn and adapt quickly. You have to have structures in place and processes set up in your organization in order to be able to pivot where you need to, when you need to. How do you do that? Well, teams who are agile, organizations that are agile, have teams that can operate autonomously when they need to. They can make decisions according to what they need to solve for. They think end-to-end and they have identified those areas where they can be accountable for delivering what they need to deliver. They've also been empowered by their leadership to feel that ownership and accountability. This can sound simple. However, it's been my experience that organizational change is really difficult, sometimes the most difficult thing in a transformation. So I mentioned this requires empowerment from leadership. It requires buy-in from all levels of leadership, and it requires leaders to set expectations about the sorts of behaviors they expect, the sorts of behaviors that you're going to need in order to be able to compete. This idea of empowerment and ownership, adaptability and focus, these are difficult things. Many organizations are unable to do this because they're stuck in the way that they're set up and in the way that they operate. During this time, getting stuck in the way that you've been operating is a recipe for failure, as you can probably guess. 
So we've talked about experiences and capabilities that you need to build. We've talked about how you need to operate. One thing we haven't talked about, though, is the talent that you need to have in order to be able to survive. Good talent is tough to come by, and you're competing with many others to attract that talent. In my experience, there are some key characteristics that define the stars in any organization. For example, those who can think big picture, but can also create tangible actions out of that big picture thinking. Those who can stay focused on what you're trying to solve for, but can also adapt in a changing landscape. Those who are problem solvers and critical thinkers, and those who are digitally savvy. Digitally savvy, meaning those who understand how data and technology, culture and process can be leveraged to reach your customer, and those who can then stay laser-focused on what your customer needs are and solving for what brings value to your organization. A little more about attracting the right talent. We touched on some of this in one of our previous podcasts. I would recommend that you listen to episode three if you haven't already. But there are a number of things that are key in attracting the talent of today. You have to have a proposition that works for your employees. Does your company have a purpose that your employees can identify with? Do you have a culture that empowers employees to bring their own talents to the table and values their inputs and shows them that the work they're doing can make a difference for the company? Do you have a flexible work environment? We've shown that we can work remotely with distributed teams. You may not need a large office space anymore. Flexible and temporary office space is available. When you have a strong and connected culture that's able to operate as a high-performing, trusting team, even while working remotely, you open yourselves up to the possibility of attracting talent in places you wouldn't have before. Imagine the sort of talent you can attract with a wider talent pool that isn't bound by geographic location. And if the proposition that you offered to employees allowed them to show their talents in their way, and an environment works for them, imagine the success that you would have. So, we've talked about the extremely unpredictable state that we're in with retail today. We've talked about what it's going to take to compete in this landscape that we're in. Building new capabilities and business models, being agile and able to adapt in terms of the way that you operate, using technology and data to enable your business making sure that you stay focused on your customer needs and that the experience that you're creating for them is easy, seamless, and relevant. We're in a place where you must have a proposition that your customers want to buy into. And then we also talked about how critical it is to make sure that you're set up to attract the right talent. I see these things as a recipe for success. Without it, I believe that you'll be left behind like so many have. So with that, I'll wrap things up. I want to thank you for your time today and for letting me share these thoughts with you. Thank you, Eric. Very relevant and a great overview of the key factors of success. A nice link back to episode three as well, which is a great example of an agile transformation and how this impacts employee engagement and acquisition capabilities. Additionally, as Eric mentioned, the need for adaptability is key with regards to talent. And for those who haven't checked out episode eight yet with Ross, we highly recommend to do so, as he shares more about this fascinating topic. Thank you all for listening, and we look forward to welcoming you back next week.
I'm quite excited about our guest as we will welcome Zoe Zhu to share her progressive views on both Philfast and a more traditional cult, having worked for both sides of the equation, including Alibaba. A tangible and interesting analysis. Finally, please consider subscribing to our podcast so you don't miss the next episode. Thanks for your support and we look forward to welcoming you back. Thank you.